With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch. Five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to Circling the Bases. I am Chris Crawford. With me today is my good friend, Colin Henderson. Colin, how was your Christmas, sir? Christmas was less than this year. I mean, for those out there who are unaware, my birthday is Christmas Eve. So this whole mm. time period is a whole, it's a whole thing. Unfortunately, this year, whoever, by the way, whichever one of you out there sent me COVID for Christmas, oh. thank you. Thank you. But you really shouldn't have. So... No. Uh, so I spent, I've, I've spent like the last, you know, 10 days or so. I think today is officially the last day of my quarantine. So I, I, my Christmas season, we've just postponed it for a couple of weeks. My sister's getting married on New Year's Eve. We're going to just, you know what, we'll just pick a random day in the middle of jo- uh, January and we'll do some Christmas birthday thing. Then. Sure. But that was how mine played out. How about yours, Christmas? Mine was much better than yours, it sounds like. and uh, I would hope so. I set yeah, a bar yeah. very low. It was a <laughs> very did, low bar. You did set the bar very low. But I'm glad you're feeling better, and I'm glad you know that uh, that the, everything looks like it's going to work out in the end. But that's that's such a bummer and, unfortunately, a reminder of the times that we live in. And this is going to feel like less of a um, – I don't know what even the right word for it is, but I'm feeling kind of bummed out today, too, and feeling kind of old because, real quick, I want to talk about – Kyle Seeger retired, Mm -hmm. and that was news that kind of broke a little bit before the podcast for those of you listening on Thursday, and feeling pretty old and feeling pretty sad because as many of you know, I have rooted for the Mariners, mostly rooting for Grandma now that Grandma gets a team that can be a competitive team now, but this is a guy who played 10 years in Seattle and was a well above average third baseman for a very long time while never playing in a playoff game, and uh, it's interesting now that the guy who is now the league leader in games played, who hasn't played in the playoffs, is Gene Segura, who happened to play for the Mariners. The, the next two are actually Philadelphia Phillies, or former Philadelphia Phillies uh, in Michael Franco. But Gene Segura, JT Realmuto, and Michael Franco are the leaders now. But I'm feeling pretty bummed out that, that that guy never got a chance to play in the postseason. Personally, he's been very good to this community, was a guy who got thrown under the bus in those awful Kevin Mather comments. But... Uh, I'm feeling pretty old today, Colin, and uh, I hope people appreciate how good of a player Kyle Seeger was for over a decade. Kyle, people don't appreciate how good of a player Kyle Seeger was. I mean, it just inherently with his with Corey being his brother, yeah. and uh, by the way, it's still the Corey's brother on the jersey for the Players yes. Weekend is still iconic. <laughs> That's still iconic. I'm so glad that they let yeah. that happen. 
But I mean, just inherently, we have overlooked Kyle Seager just because there's a lot of good third basemen out there. And he was never one of that like top echelon tier, or at least from a universal, we we all believe the same thing kind of standpoint. But he was always a guy who put up pretty much the same numbers, was always Mm -hmm. a guy who was well liked in the clubhouse, was always a leader on those Mariners teams. For a lot of years where there wasn't a whole lot to show up to a ballpark for and there wasn't a whole lot to write home about. And right. Kyle Seeger was one of the guys who was constantly there bringing in good headlines. So I could not, we as a society will, I think, hopefully look back on Kyle Seeger the way that we kind of have with like Brett Boone and others who have just kind of been like overlooked for long periods. And then we kind of look back and said, oh, you know what? He really was so good when we start looking at those numbers in comparison to others. Um, obviously with him retiring, I want to say at 33 or 34. So maybe a little meat left on those bones in terms of what we might've could have gotten. I was very curious to see what he might've gotten in this free agent outlook, especially after the CBA, where would he fall? Maybe could he have a second revival? Uh, at the moment looks like that won't happen, but either way, tip of a cap to Kyle Seeger, who will continually go down. as just an underrated, really good baseball player. Absolutely. And also one of the most gifable players of all time. Just take a look <laughs> yeah, at it. Search Twitter for Kyle Seeger gifts. You'll find the Robert De Niro and the one saying some naughty words to Jared Weaver and you will have a wonderful day. Uh, we have a special guest today, but before I introduce him, a special offer for our listeners. Give the gift of NBC Sports Edge Plus this holiday season. You can get 15% off annual subscriptions when you use the code HOLIDAY15 at checkout. This offer turns to coal on December 31st. That's a Christmas pun. So visit NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus today. So today's guest is one of my favorites. He's covered the Blue Jays for a variety of publications. And he currently writes about the Blue Jays for his Substack, the Bat Flip. He also taught me that I've been pronouncing the word Toronto wrong for my entire life. Please welcome my friend, Andrew Stoughton. Andrew, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for having me. How how was my... Yeah, how was my pronunciation of of, of Toronto on that? That's L- perfect. L- thank yeah, you. Yeah, you, you got was, it. What was he saying wrong for all this time? It, what everyone else was saying wrong? Toronto, Toronto. Yeah. Like, it's okay. the, the the hard T. Is this a Leviosa Leviosa conversation here? Like, am I missing uh, something on the on the read? Uh, no, guess. it's definitely the, it's the hard T at the end of the word. Yeah, yeah it's not okay. Toronto. Oh, not Toronto. Yeah. Okay, yes. Toronto. Yeah, it's Toronto. Pronounced, okay, that's fine. It's pronounced more like an Italian cookie than I thought. It was. Like, <laughs> it, like, do you want to get some Toronto with your biscotti? It's it's something like that. Um, but Andrew, uh, we've been having these team previews on, and mostly we've been doing. Uh, the teams have been that have been gaining a bunch of players, but the Blue Jays actually have a couple of big losses. But I wanted to start with, since we're sticking with that theme of big gains, they did sign Kevin Gaussman. Obviously, he's going to replace a player that we're going to talk about in a sec. But how do you think Kevin Gaussman fits in with this Blue Jays rotation? You know, I mean, I think obviously, yeah, it's like a, a, a like for like replacement for Robbie Ray. Obviously, the mm-hmm. dollars and the, the contracts were pretty similar. You know, a two-pitch pitcher, which is sort of a, a, maybe a misnomer, I think, that, that gets thrown around a lot because, you know, uh, depending on the handedness of the batter that they're facing, most guys are only two-pitch pitchers at this point. You know, there's the, sure. the, that's not as bad a thing as I think uh, it's sometimes, you know, demonized, which is maybe that's that's being overly dramatic about it. <laughs> sure. um, but, you know, I think he's just a good veteran guy in the in the rotation that, that really shores up a rotation that, that had a lot, has great bones or had great bones before he was there, but definitely needed at least one big piece and probably another one. And I think, you know, 
the second half was something you know that that is going to be of concern for uh, for Blue Jays fans, and I'm sure was before the Jays signed the contract as well. But I think sure. uh, Gossman is a guy who is. Uh, uh, has all the tools to be really successful for the next couple of years. And that's, you know, that's right in their, their wheelhouse of, you know, when they think that they're really going to start to hit the gas in terms of being a contending mm-hmm. team. Yeah. With, I mean, you mentioned Gossman and Ray, those two contracts being at least in the same general ballpark in terms of years and dollar figures. What do you glean from the fact that the blue Jays are now with Kevin Gossman and not with Robbie Ray is there anything that you take from that point, considering that uh, at least they swim in the same pool? <laughs> yeah, it, it, that was a really interesting one. It's a you know, it's a debate that I think is going to go on for a long time, especially right. among Jays fans, like uh, because the dollars are so similar. I mean, Robbie Ray has the opt out, uh, which does sort of change the nature of it a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, Gossman didn't require them to give up draft picks; they get to keep that. The, mm-hmm. They don't have to give up a pick, and they also get one for Ray going to Seattle. So that is that's part of the calculation. There's also there've been rumblings about Ray not being vaccinated, which is an issue with the border. Well, I don't, you know, the Jays seem to go pretty hard on him, so I, I don't know that I would necessarily believe those rumors. But they've come. Right. There's there's a Sportsnet radio guy who's saying it, so I'm not just like pulling out fan theories here. But uh, but but that's going to be an issue all season, I think. You know, Jays fans are kind of salivating at the idea of the Red Sox having to cross the border and not having players unvaccinated allowed because that's, you know, this year in Canada, they've had a, a national interest exemption, or in 2021 they did, uh, which allowed, you know, unvaccinated players to come across the border and back, uh, despite, you know, obviously there being different rules for normal people. But that's going away, supposedly. I mean, anything can change, you know, where we are right now uh, mm-hmm. in the next couple of months. But the, supposedly in mid-January, that's that's going to be dropped. And pro athletes who are traveling to Canada have to be vaccinated or they're not coming in. So that would obviously pose a problem for anybody on the Blue Jays who would be not vaccinated and anybody, you know, that it's going to be an opponent. So uh, I don't I don't want to make too much of the, that as an issue in terms of Ray right. in particular, because I have no idea. It's not in my business but yeah i think maybe that could be could have been a factor as well but i think gossman is just a guy that they've they've really been interested in and tried to get last year and tried to get the year before as well you know they, they were uh definitely talking to him when he was free agent when he before he went to the giants and then last year before he accepted the qualifying offer like he's just a guy that they've identified that they think you know really fits what they're trying to do culturally and in terms of you know how he fits in the rotation i think it's it certainly makes sense too and if you look at the the numbers that he put up last year even with a lackluster end to the season, especially compared to it. I mean, this was a guy who ranked in the 92nd percentile in chase rate, 83rd percentile in whiff rate, uh, above average in strikeout rate, above average in expected ERA. So with those numbers, obviously very, very good. And still a pitcher who I believe is still 30 years old, which is weird for me because I've been covering Kevin Gossman <laughs> since like 2010 and when he was at LSU. Do you think he slides right to the top of the rotation? Uh, I'm not necessarily. I mean, I think mm. Jose Barrios is, uh, yeah. is, is real good and they really like him. And that, you know, that's been such a weird thing for Jays fans to sort of wrap their heads around is that they gave out $200 million contracts to pitchers this year, which is something the team had never done before or even come close to. Sure. Uh, and they did it in the span of a couple of weeks. So I, I, you know, it's a good problem to have. Hyunjin Ryu is also incredible if he's, mm-hmm. you know, if he's back right. I mean, he is, uh, he has been a, a treasure and so much fun to watch when he's healthy and when he's, when things are going right. Last year didn't go. Uh, as great in the second half but you know I mean you can make an argument for any of those guys and Alec Manoa's coming along <laughs> he had a great yeah. season as well so oh my gosh uh, yeah. I, I don't I don't want to put a number one necessarily on the Jays uh rotation right now it's it's just uh it's a fun place to be at oh so I'm gonna put you on the spot though and tell say that assuming opening day is opening day who is that starting pitcher mm-hmm. on opening day that's a great question uh, I think it's either Ryu or Barrios yeah 
I think, uh, you know, I agree. It was just because he's the veteran and he's been there longer. Right. And he was so important, like, as, as like, the first, like, big money free agent to come here, the first mm-hmm. Boris guy in forever. You know, Paul Beeston, the former president, had – you know, going back to Bill Coddle in the 80s had like problems with uh, with Scott <laughs> Boris and they hadn't signed a Boris client forever. Right. Uh, and so that's sort of been that was like a real marker of, you know, the Jays are serious about being like a big market kind of team. Uh, and so he's a real important guy, even though, you know, he wasn't at his best last year. It wouldn't surprise me if they if they did that. But also they're probably going to try to manage his innings and finesse that a bit. So Barrios wouldn't shock me either. Like yeah, Rio, you brought we you mentioned Rio again, not his banner year last year, but only what 2019, 2020, both of those in top 10 of Cy Young voting. I mean, he was a, he was a stalwart. I think we, when we look at that blue Jays rotation from last year, and obviously you subtract AL Cy Young winning Robbie Ray, and you add Kevin Gossman to the rotation and you look at, and you say, okay, is this rotation now suddenly better, worse, or have they kind of neutraled out? I think when you look at a bounce back season from Ryu, and Barrios now having a full year to be a Blue Jay rather than having all of the hoopla that goes from switching teams halfway through a year. I mean, do you believe that this Blue Jays rotation is drastically better than last year or do there, is there still work to be done? I think there's, I mean, I think there's still work to be done. I think they should definitely add another guy. I mean, right now they're looking at Ross Stripling or Nate Pearson, mm-hmm. who, you know, has never thrown more than, you know, 90 odd innings in a, in a season or something like that. It's pretty, maybe right. it's higher than that, but it's not, he's never had a full workload. Not by much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's still obviously a really intriguing guy, but, but, you know, not someone you can just throw in and expect to give, give you 200 innings or 170 innings or whatever, whatever is expected of a starter nowadays. So there's a little bit of more, more work to do, but I think like you make a great point about Barrios being here for a full season, like that changes things and, and, and how you sort of have to think about it. And I think that kind of works with, you know, even though George Springer was here on the offensive side last year, you know, you, you think about the, the whole that the Marcus Semyon departing is, is leaving, but also the Jays only had Springer for half the season. So you kind of have to readjust what, you know, what your expectations are. And I think that they are in a, a better place now than they were a year ago, even though, you know, I guess a year ago, we didn't know what Robbie Ray was going to do. And, and that was, uh, uh, you know, we're kind of hopeful or the Jays at least and Jays fans are hopeful that, that they can pull something similar with Gossman, even though he's obviously like already shown, you know, the, the elite caliber stuff and, and that he can have a season like Ray, that Ray, like Ray had last year. Uh, but that was sort of an unknown uh, going into it a year ago. So I, I don't know. I think Jays fans should feel very good and probably do feel very good about where they are. But there's still there's still work to do. There's still work to do on the infield. And, and it wouldn't shock me if they found another starter as well. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. So we're heading down the backstretch of the NFL season, and the NBC Sports Predictor app, powered by PointsBet, has you covered with Sunday Night 7. We're giving you a shot to win $1 million every Sunday night throughout the rest of the season, and it's free to play. So predict what will happen between the Vikings and the Packers. That's a fun one, a good rivalry game for a chance to win. Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor so right before that perfect ad read by me we were talking you mentioned marcus Simeon, and obviously this is a big loss for the blue jays this is a guy who in a lot of years would have won the national the won the uh american league most valuable player award and for good reason put up monster power numbers while playing a well above average defense so look the toronto blue jays still have a excellent lineup but how big of a loss do you think it is right now for Marcus Simeon to not be part of that Blue Jays lineup? I, I think it's pretty big. Like I say, you know, a, a full year of Springer will help a lot. But yeah, it's the uh, they're going to have to do something more than what they have. I mean, right now, if the season started today, it's Kevin Biggio at second, Santiago Espinal at third. Uh, and that's just not going to cut it. Those guys can no. maybe make an okay platoon at one of those spots. Uh, but they definitely need to find somebody for, for one of those other spots. And, and they have paths to do it. They have money. They have, you know, a, a decent farm system, though. Obviously, it's sort sure. of taken a step back because there's been a lot of graduations lately and because guys like Pearson sort of not hitting on on their best possible outcomes. But but yeah, I, I, it, it's a really big loss. And it's, it's definitely a loss. You know, I remember reading at the end of the year, uh, my former colleague, uh, Caitlin McGrath of The Athletic, wrote about, you know, asking Bo Bichette about, you know, what Simeon meant to the team. And like being like he was welling up and being like he meant everything. Like he was, yeah. he's just, you know, a guy with that reputation and, and is just, you know, just everybody loves him as a guy. Everybody, you know, all the bosses love him as, you know, an example in terms of work ethic and like well, just, just a special guy. And it was, you know, I'm sure it was tough for the Jays to watch him walk and go to, to Texas. And I, I think that they, you know, very much were interested in bringing him back, not at the, not at the money that, that, that the Rangers were asking. And he just, sure. It was kind of apparent for a long time, unfortunately, you know, and it's just, the fa- you know, the fact that they, he was only here for a year. We had a lot of time to think about, you know, what could, what, what was going to come this winter. And, you know, he was, uh, the Jays definitely, they have a window, which the, the idea is to keep, you know, open in perpetuity, but, uh, but, you know, just financially and age wise, he just didn't quite line up the way that, you know, somebody like if they went and traded for Jose Ramirez, who only has a couple years left on his deal. And then you could sort of reassess at that point, you know, locking somebody in for six, seven, eight years or whatever it is at that spot, will give, given the state of their system and where they are, it probably didn't make a lot of sense. But it, it, it's tough to watch him go because he was uh, he was so much fun to watch. And clearly everybody who worked with him loved him as well. I mean, a ton of fun to watch. Top yeah. three in MVP voting, <laughs> and really, what a and really what a a banner for actually him and Robbie Ray, both them banners for the one year prove it deal. That instead yeah. of in the off season last year, could have very easily signed some lower AAV contract with Oakland, some extension, and been there for six six million a year, eight million a year. Nope. Instead, both of these guys bet on themselves, go up north, well, go to Florida and then go up north <laughs> and then end up cashing in on all of this stuff. And 
while fortunately for it just good business by the Blue Jays, both of them turned into draft picks because of so because of how well they played. And while they're unable to re-sign both of them, I think it changes the conversation about what Toronto is as a free agent destination more than anything else, because it's taken on a couple of reclamation projects in years past and turned them into players who either found a home or were able to bounce off elsewhere. Yeah, it, it's bizarre to watch, you know, and, and, and it's completely warranted, but just to watch Jays fans talk about their pitching coach, Pete Walker, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, just on Twitter, you know, you'll see Pete Walker's face coming out all the time because people, you know, he, it, look, the, we don't have to go through the whole track record. Some of it is sort of, you know, more myth than truth, but that's sort of, that, that's how that goes. And, and, you know, when you take a guy like Robbie Ray, who came in, you know, was traded from the Diamondbacks. In 2020, was you know walking seven and a half guys per nine innings at the time and turn him into a Cy Young winner. I mean, obviously that's Ray a lot as well, but and I think obviously there's a, a whole lot of staff on the Jays that don't get the credit that Walker sure. does the tip of the spear, but uh, but yeah, that says a lot. And I think you know uh, Simeon, I believe it was Peter Gammons he talked to in September just about he called Toronto a baseball paradise and was. Uh, you know, the front office, Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins, since they've come in, have been really, really ambitious in trying to make it a player first organization and take care of families and give them the facilities and and the tools that they need and got, you know, become you know much more of a high tech operation, much more of an operation that, you know, they have a big new facility in uh, in Dunedin, their spring training site that the, that the taxpayers of Pinellas County, Florida really helped them with, which is <laughs> another story. But uh, but that they've really they've really like taken the initiative and tried to be, uh, uh, you know, as good in terms of facilities and all that sort of peripheral stuff for players as they possibly can, because it's been tough to recruit guys to Canada and to get free agents to come here. You know, Russell Martin was a big one. And that's a guy who wanted to play in Canada because he's Canadian. Sure. Right. Uh, and <laughs> and I think you're absolutely right that hopefully and that's the, this has been the Jays plan all along is that that right. is sort of changing. So it's I'm glad you brought up Russell Martin because it kind of perfectly segues to the catcher position because I find the Toronto catching situation kind of fascinating and as a fantasy manager flummoxing <laughs> as heck because there are a bunch of really intriguing options here. I mean, Danny Jansen has shown flashes of brilliance. Alejandro Kirk, the human fire hydrant, has <laughs> uh, I I think uh, the best offensive potential of the guys in the majors. But there's also Gabriel Moreno, and I got a chance to see Moreno play in the Arizona Fall League. And after, I'll tell you this, I, when Colin and I talked about the Arizona Fall League after I got back there, I didn't mention him. And I kind of, if I could kick myself, but I, don't, I just have too short of legs, I would have. Because this guy could be special. Like, there is some serious offensive upside in his bat. So, if you were, again, we're, we're putting you on the spot here. If you were guessing who is going to be that backstop that sh that provides fantasy managers that catcher one ability if there's anyone on that roster of those guys i mentioned who do you think it is and please tell me it's gabriel Moreno. <laughs> yeah i think it's <laughs> I, I, I think that's the guy the jays have identified for a long time and the industry is kind of seeing it now Absolutely. uh these guys I've, he's a guy i've definitely heard about for a couple of years as you know, I saw the bat to ball skills, which are, which are there, but he's, you know, the little things, the defensive things, you know, he's really that athletic. He can block the ball. His pop times are great. You know, he can mm -hmm. control the running game. That's stuff that Kirk can't do. You know, Kirk love him. The, the fire hydrant that he is, is not, yes. it's not the same in terms of athleticism as, as, as Moreno. And I think that, you know, even though, you know, everybody loves Kirk's bat and he, you know, he, the ball does come off the bat very hard. And, and yes, I think Steamer has him with a higher weighted runs created plus than Bichette and Springer. Uh, for wow. next year, which really? is, you know, Jeez. you know, uh, yeah. 
might want to tweak the inputs. I don't know, but still, yeah. But, but like, that's the kind of you know, that's the kind of exciting bat that he is. But you know, he is a guy where you're like, mm, you know, like you can't, you know, we'll see how long he can stay. At, uh, you know, stay as you know, a, a catcher that can function in the big leagues. Uh, but I don't think he's ever going to be like a number one in terms of like defensively or play anywhere else on the diamond. So he's right. uh, he's a really interesting guy. I mean, I would love to have him on the team for a long time uh, just because he's fun. But I think Moreno is just definitely the more well-rounded guy, the all-around guy. And I think Jansen is the guy that they, you know, they really love there. You know, even though sure. he's still relatively young, he's kind of the veteran of the group. Yeah. And I think he's going to sort of marshal the, the Moreno era into existence eventually. Uh, but he hit really well at the end of last year. And I know he's working out. I saw the Toronto Sun, Rob Longley of the Sun wrote about, uh, you know, got the the cushy, uh, the cushy uh, go to go to Florida in December and talk to some of the players at their workout spots gig, which is nice when you're in Toronto, uh, getting to go down there. Uh, but he's, I think, with Teoscar Hernandez and Bo Bichette. And, and, you know, it's sort of a prelude to the the classic spring training, you know, best shape of his life kind of pieces. But Jansen looked like a different hitter when he came back. And that was kind of his profile coming out of uh, – uh, out of the minors like he was sure. a top 100 prospect who had a, a, uh you know who wasn't going to be like a 30 homer guy but could hit the ball and that kind of disappeared in his first few years in the big leagues and i i don't know a lot of jays fans have given up hope that that's going to reappear at some point but there was a mm-hmm. little bit of a sparkle of it at the end of last year and I, i'm not personally ready to give up yet either totally well sense. we've seen toronto be aggressive on trade front so having a little bit of depth at a position that many teams don't it That's what I was going to ask. It too. certainly seems like any one of those could be a trade piece within the next uh, eight to 10 months. When we talk, uh, obviously, looking at free agency again, won't ask you to start making any predictions or anything along those fronts, but they're pretty set. Toronto, are you, Mike? You are the guy who will put him on the spot. But Toronto, a roster that is for with the moves that they've already done in this offseason, plus the obviously returning roster, there's a lot of positions that are set. There's not a whole lot of flexibility. Like you said, second and third are two positions that are still open. Uh, The bullpen could use an upgrade. They could use more innings out of that starting rotation. Is there anyone that you're hearing? Is there anyone that you'd prefer to see them go after to fill in those spots, knowing how aggressive and win now this team is? Yeah, I mean, everybody here will say Jose Ramirez, and I think I already mentioned him. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't know if Cleveland is interested in, in, in moving him. This has been a, the breaks I've been trying to pump the last couple of times I've written about him. And, yeah. you know, you know they've got a rebrand. They didn't have Bieber for half the year last year. Like, and that's not a division that, you know, they win, They won 80 games, I think. And, uh, you know, they, they can still squint and think that maybe they can squeak mm-hmm. into the playoffs. And so I don't know that they're going to be as eager to move that guy as Blue Jays fans are eager to have him move to Toronto. And obviously the price would be enormous, but that, that you know, that is, I think, the dream at this point. Uh, I'm not sure I see it happening. And then, you know, the Kettle Marte is a guy who's, who's had his name come up. You know, Matt Chapman is obviously available. Out of my third, Chris Bryant's free agent is another one that sort of comes up. And and the, the nice thing is just, a, you know, you know for Blue Jays fans is that, uh, you know, these are names that were really like the top of the market was just not a place that the Jays were playing for a very long time, for a very, very long time. But I think that, you know, the the situation that they have, like the, what they can present to somebody in terms of opportunity, ability to win, great city. Uh, stadium's awesome when it's full and rocking and that was what it, it te- expects to be. And they're just going to be... You know, they, they, there's no reason they shouldn't contend for a long time and they're putting their money where their mouth is. Like, there's a lot of reason to want to be a Toronto Blue Jay if you're, you know, a top free agent or if you're, you know, somebody who has a little leverage to maybe, you know, go get traded somewhere that you would prefer, uh, which I don't know if any of those guys do. But, uh, but you know, I, I think that they're, they're going to find a solution there that isn't, you know, uh, somebody off the scrap heap. 
Yeah, I think it that would I, I think Jose Ramirez just make if Cleveland is actually willing to deal him just makes so much sense. And Toronto has a system I think that makes sense in terms of trade for trade. Toronto has like 15 quality middle infield prospects that they can deal. Uh, like I'm not it would be very hard for me to trade a guy like Arelvis Martinez, but look, if you can get you a, a perennial MVP candidate, yeah. I think it makes sense. Um Real quick to, to close things out, you mentioned Nate Pearson earlier, but I wanted to talk about him for a second because he's such an intriguing but frustrating uh, arm to me. Not And it's weird to say about a guy who's still very young and has shown real flashes of brilliance and showed real flashes of brilliance, I thought, last year at the end of the season in that relief role. Going forward, do you think he's a starter or does it make sense to transition? And keep in mind that this was a guy who, when he was drafted – out of his junior college in Florida, one of about 8 billion junior colleges in Florida that produces uh, quality arms that a lot of people thought was just a peer reliever who could throw well over a hundred miles an hour and also featured that devastating breaking ball. It makes sense, I guess, to develop him as the starter and then make that move to the bullpen. But there's part of me that just says, if you move him to the bullpen right now, he can be a lights out option at this very minute. What would you do if that was if it was you uh, who was making that decision? Yeah, I, I tend to, you know, when asked this or when thinking about it, I tend to, to err on ca- the side of caution in terms of it. I want to keep him a starter as long as possible. But I definitely see, you sure. know, especially in terms of, like, just managing his innings this year, you know, even if he has to go to Buffalo and start half the year there and then maybe he can come up in the second half as that weapon out of the bullpen for the Jays, I think maybe he could – you know, right. end, end up with him in the, you know, in the innings range where you kind of want, I know they don't really think about it in terms of pure, pure innings at the, you know, the way that maybe we used to with the Verducci effect or whatever, but, but, right. but I think that that's a way to like manage the, uh, uh, manage his workload a bit that that could work. And I, maybe that would be where I would lean. I really, you know, obviously it's better for him if he can become what he could be, you know, if he could hit his, his optimal outcome as a starter. Right. So I, I'm not ready to give that up last year, you know, like, all of the other years before this was, you know, uh, was a bit of a wasted one. He had a sports hernia that was, that took forever to get diagnosed. And I'd love to see yeah. him have a real healthy year and be on the mound and really get a chance to throw some innings because that also seems to be a thing. You know, when he when he came up, I think in May, there was a game in Houston where it's just like it all unraveled on him. And it, it just, it, you know, it, it, he didn't really know how to stop it. And I think that that's partly just a lack of experience sometimes. And uh, you know, just sure. all the tools and talent are there, but he, you know, he doesn't have the reps. And I, you know, Alec Manoa showed you don't necessarily need that, I guess. But everybody's different. Right. And I think I would love to see him get real opportunity to to start this year. But man, if we're having this conversation in a year, uh, it's yeah. that's gonna be even that much harder to say because you know, uh, and relief isn't a bad outcome. Like he can be a real no. weapon there. But but yeah, I still would love to see him get another chance to start. Yeah, been quite a few arms that have reclamated themselves in the bullpen and uh, and went on to have perfectly fine yeah. careers. Uh, Mariano Rivera, for, sure. for one, just kind of makes a lot of sense. So while we are obviously in the midst of this lockout, it's you know no real news on any type of change here. We're going to be sitting on a cold stove for quite a while here, probably at least for another month plus. But uh, what I think is, I think I find fascinating asking other people within baseball is. Obviously, no predictions, no none of that stuff. But if you are commissioner for a day, if you are sitting in those seats, is there what is what is the focus for you? You know, what kind of top points are you focusing on during this lockout that you would like to see come out of it? Oh boy, uh, I'd like to see them pay the minor leaguers. 
like a more fair wage. Like that's sort of uh, we're, I, I a, we're a very pro minor leaguer show here. Like, so that is, that's just so it's just so absurd. Yeah, uh, the inequity there, and you know, I you know, I think that what the players' association is talking about, or, or you know, what it's been reported, you know, that trying to get guys paid earlier makes a lot of sense. There's just way too many players making the league minimum. But just to sort of juxtapose that to what the minor leaguers are making, you know, I know those aren't union guys, and and the, the union doesn't have uh, an obligation to them. But but you know, uh, the powers that be could very easily give people a living wage who are you know dedicating their lives to this sport, and, mm -hmm. and I think that would be that would be something that I would very much be interested in doing if I had the the power in front of me. Excellent answer. Well, that that that's something that we're definitely going to agree on. Uh, before I let you go, I have to ask you a very important question. <laughs> Do you miss Jared McCann? Because he has quickly become one of my favorite players for my Seattle Kraken, who are terrible, but are, have been very <laughs> much fun to watch for me. I thought that whole situation, even as a, a person who is not a hockey expert, thought that was weird that they made that trade uh, mm -hmm. only to uh, – and obviously they did it in part because – they either and I forget who the the player was that they it was basically you either take this guy or this guy but we're gonna have this guy instead and that's one of the reasons that they made the trade for McCann. But uh, do you miss him even even just a little bit? Uh personally, no. I mean, no, he wasn't here. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not really. You know, I kind of hate watch the Leafs more than like I don't. I, I kind of enjoy their misery a little bit. I'm a, I'm a weirdo. Oh, like that. Okay. I'm a sicko, as you might gotcha. say. Um. Until I remember that my grandparents like the Leafs, and then I'm like, oh man, I can't, I can't feel too good about this. Uh, <laughs> but, but yes, that, I mean that was a whole weird situation. And if somebody with more sophisticated Leafs opinions was on, uh, I'm sure they'd have a lot of words to say about it. Because yeah, they, it was a weird trade because McCann was right yep. there in their organization. And they just let him go, uh, and he is a better yeah. player than than the ones they protected. So yeah. I think they're doing okay. <laughs> Whichever, yeah, whichever yeah. whoever's wearing the clothes tonight is doing okay. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had to I had to bring up something <laughs> about hockey to uh, to stick with the brand. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for doing this, and please promote the heck out of everything you're doing right now because it's awesome stuff, and I want uh, everybody to know about it. Thank you so much. Yeah, just the the batflip.ca will get you to my Substack, which is stoughton.substack.com, and you can find me on Twitter at Andrew Stoughton. Uh, and I do a, I do a podcast every week, uh, except for the last several because there's nothing to talk about. But I will be doing one this right. week. Uh, uh, I call Blue Jays Happy Hour with the, uh, my friend and co-host Nick Ashburn and uh, Ashborn. Oh God, he's going to be mad that I, I mispronounced his name. Um, Not well. But yeah, no. Uh, you know, you, you can. That's where I am. I'm living on the internet. So uh, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, it was awesome. But I, I had a feeling this would be a good one, and it, it turned out that, uh, awesome. once again, I am always right. Uh, thanks again <laughs> for joining us. You Again, you can follow him on Twitter at Andrew Stoughton. That is Andrew, S-T-O-E-T-E-N. Do I have that right? That's right. Nailed it. You can follow Colin <laughs> at Call Don't Lie, and you can follow me at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Next week, DJ and Drew will be hosting, and they will be joined by a very special guest, so be on the lookout for that. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a nice rating. Five stars is always appreciated. Stay safe. A very happy new year to everyone and have a wonderful rest of your holiday. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. 
Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch. Five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.